this is meaningful. This is cool, which it was when I first saw it. And when I saw it subsequent times within the span of four to five years that I really love this movie. But after being 15 years removed and living almost a whole life after the fact, I looked at it and I was like, this is this is so dumb. Yeah. This is fucking stupid. Well, it's like when you reflect on all the things you thought were cool back mm-hmm. back when you were younger and you were just a complete moron, like everybody. Yeah. Welcome to a Cast with No Name. We are your hosts. I'm Jay. And I'm Matt. This is episode 63. This episode, we strive to answer the question, is the Boondock Saints really that good? But first, don't forget to visit our website, acastwithnoname.com, where you can listen to our entire episode library, comment on episodes, write to our email, and also, thanks for listening to the show. Uh, If you listen to us on Spotify or Apple, please leave us a like or a rating or whatever, but we are also on YouTube. Yes, we are. If that's your jam. So you, you can also comment there as well. So the boondock saints, um, little bit of the history. Um, so this was bought by Harvey Weinstein and by Miramax in the late nineties. And, um, it was written by Troy Duffy. Troy Duffy was a bartender at a bar in Los Angeles, and they bought the script, I believe, for, I want to say it was like a million dollars. I mean, it could have been a couple million, but it was... I in mean, the mid-90s? Yeah, it was like mid to late 90s, because the movie came out in 99. Right, right. And um, wow. so bought the script for a million dollars, plus in the deal, he retained writing credit, he was also going to be able to direct the movie, according to the movie deal, and be able to compose the score for the movie with his band at the time, which was called The Brood. And after the movie deal went, <laughs> they changed their name to The Boondock Saints because <laughs> why Why not, I guess? <laughs> and But also, uh, Harvey Weinstein bought a bar for, like a drinking bar, for... Troy Duffy to co-own and then manage. So all of that was a part of this movie deal. And Troy Duffy um, had had never written anything before. Obviously never directed anything before. Correct. And Had he been on movie sets before? Or like I don't think so. I think he was just an a bartender. No. Wow. So Are you that, tell me anybody can do this? <laughs> anybody can. <laughs> um so That's wild. Yeah. Got this movie deal. Um did he buy that bar to, to diddle young ladies? Uh, possibly. It could have been. Mm. Could have been had like a back room. Yes, or a, sure uh, there was. They they called it the wet bar. Um, oh boy, <laughs> zing! <laughs> uh, but um, so that deal went through. It actually made headlines, I guess, in the area and around Los Angeles and like industry trades and whatnot and all that stuff. Um, anyways, production delays. Everything else, he Troy Duffy kind of had a falling out with Harvey Weinstein, um, had a falling out with a bunch of people, um, and that. But he was able to find a production production company to actually fund the movie. But he didn't own the script. Though. Didn't he sell it? He did, but oh, is that after he made the movie that they had a falling out? No, it was uh, before they made the movie. So okay, because Harvey Weinstein was kind of dragging his feet on making it. 
um, and all that stuff. All, all of it is kind of documented in this uh, documentary that came out in 2003 called Overnight. Hmm. And I think it, it was made by one of Troy Duffy's friends. And it kind of chronicled what happened and how he uh, had to get it made, which the documentary came out only after it became like a huge cult classic. And it became a cult classic because I think it was only in theaters for like a week. Hmm. and but it was taken out of theaters because Columbine had -hmm. happened and so they uh, movie theaters or studios weren't interested in uh, two main characters and black coats (laughs) yeah Yeah. killing people Um, guns. so that's a little bit about the history but once it was released on DVD got a huge cult following became extremely 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 popular yes Um, and uh but yeah, documentary was made about it. It's called Overnight. It came out in 2003. You could probably find it on YouTube. I think when I saw, I saw a pirated version okay. that a buddy of mine I went to high school with had in his binder of bootlegs. Mm. Um, but I mean, it's an interesting documentary. I'm sure, I mean, you'd probably be able to find it somewhere. I'm sure, sure. it's streaming at it's some point. It's probably on YouTube. Um, yeah. But it's interesting. So, I mean, if you're a fan or not a fan of this movie, I mean, the documentary is interesting. Even when I saw it, I mean, like most documentaries coming out in the 2000s, it kind of held a bias, I feel sure. like, um, because the person who made the documentary also had a falling out with Troy Duffy. Not that Troy Duffy is a saint by any means, but um, it, you could definitely see it paint, It didn't paint him in a very good light. Um, okay. But at the same time I was thinking this, I mean, it was being filmed over the course of like, I think, two and a half years, three years. Jeez. And the documentary is like 90 minutes long. And okay. I'm like, I'm pretty sure if I followed anyone around for three years. Uh, You'd get more footage. Uh, well, no, I could get enough footage to make anyone look like an asshole or anyone to look oh, like sure. the nicest person in the world. Sure. So um, It is on YouTube, by the way. I'm looking at it right now. Oh, is it? Cool. Yeah. So watch overnight. If, you're, uh, if, if you've seen Boondock Saints and you're interested to find out more, uh, I suggest watching overnight. It's a pretty good documentary. I might have to watch it. Uh, but anyways... Yeah. Having said that, mm-hmm. huge cult following. Yes. When did when was the first time you saw this movie? In college. In college? Yes. Okay. I never saw it in high school. Um, and I saw it in, in college because a friend recommended it to me. I'd never heard of it before. So And he had it. Uh, yeah. I I was trying to remember if I saw it in college or if I saw it in high school. Uh, first, I want to see 99. I was still in high, I was in high school like three years after that. I mean, it probably didn't come, make it on DVD until like 2000. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I think that was about, is either first year of college or like senior year of high school or something like that. Yeah. Um, but what, what'd you think when, I mean, I, I loved it. Yeah. Thought it was great. Yeah. I mean, it, Absolutely. It's geared toward, it was geared towards, uh, yeah, like 14 to 22 year olds <laughs> around there. <laughs> Uh, I, I have <laughs> about that middle school to college. <laughs> That's about right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Loved it too. I boys. Think, yeah. Not girls. Boys. Um, if, if girls were fans of it, they would probably be because Sean Patrick Flannery and Norman Reedus. Right. Um, Sean, Sean Patrick Flannery is a beautiful man. He is a good looking man. Man. Whatever happened to him? Uh, he was in a couple episodes of Dexter. Um, I know he was in one of the saws. I think he was in saw six. Oh, the good one. I remember watching it like... <laughs> Boondock Saints guy. <laughs> yeah, he's been. Um, 
Yeah, I haven't seen him. I mean, like this is the most notable thing that yeah. I think I've seen him in. Yeah, I think so. Um, and obviously, Norman Reedus went on to The Walking Dead fame. Mm-hmm. Uh, are they still making that show? He actually has a spin. Well, uh, the, the Walking Dead, the original series, is done, but they made a spinoff with Daryl. Yeah. And they made a spinoff with uh, Negan. Melkit. And Jeffrey uh, Dean Morgan. Two separate spinoffs, or are they all in the same spin? And there's Fear the Walking Dead, so there's three separate spinoffs. Ugh. Oh, that's a lot. Yeah, that's. I I left I left or I stopped watching it after Negan killed Glenn, which was like season six. And Spoiler just, alert! Yeah, the uh, yeah. yeah I Chappelle did a great skit on SNL mocking it. So did he? <laughs> yeah, it's great. I uh, <laughs> I I can't remember when I stopped watching Walking. I think it was I, they got to another town and shocker! Oh, the people in the town are bad. And yeah. it's all right. I'm, yeah, I'm, I I think I stopped watching it before Negan showed up. Right. Um. Well, it just devolved into, we need supplies, so let's just split off, and then the people split off, and they don't come back, and then the rest of the season's trying to find the people that split off. That's literally every Ugh. season. Well, good for uh, yeah. Jeffrey Dean Morgan and Norman Reedus milking that bad boy for Why all not? it's worth. Why not? Good on them. Um, so, uh, but yeah, definitely geared towards middle school to college age boys. Yep. Um, I watched this so many times in college. I dude, we would watch it once a month. Yeah, we were drunk. Hey, yeah. let's put on Boondock Saints. Put on Boondock Saints. Let's watch it. Yeah, um, so many times. But then I, after I got out of college, I think I've seen it between then and now. Not counting what, that I just watched it twice. Okay, maybe in I, like a fifteen-year span. Mine would probably be around that same rate. Mm-hmm. Um, I want. Yeah, so many times in college. Oh, I mean, just because everyone was talking about it. And, they, and if they didn't say it or see it, then you would show it with them and just watch it exactly. with them. So, yeah. um, I, I, I would say, yeah, the number of viewings definitely definitely went down after I graduated. Um, yeah, probably maybe two or three times. The, yeah. This instance was the first time I've seen it in, I mean, probably 10 years. I don't know if I saw it yeah. with Christy at all. Yep. Um, she's even seen it a whole bunch of times. Yep. And uh, when I went to rewatch it for this, I was like, "Oh, do you want to watch Boondock Saints?" She's like, "No, I've seen it hundreds of times. You can, you can watch <laughs> it. You can watch it." Yeah. I was like, "All right." Um, so having looking at it with fresh eyes, uh-huh. after 10, 15 years of I haven't not seen it, but being a movie that you completely love. Yep. First impressions, <clears throat> or Let's just get it's, down into it. It's not. Uh, it's not good. Well, after a while, it's just uh, a couple words came to mind, like uh, stupid and cheesy. Pretty much, I could yeah. sum it up as stupid and cheesy. Because <laughs> there's there's so many things that have come out since then that kind of that kind of knock off Tarantino and that sort of hyper violent style that are just better mm-hmm. so I can I can compare it to a bunch of other stuff and when you compare it to a bunch of other stuff it's not really that great yeah it's um some things I've noticed yeah Guy Ritchie has come out since this yeah. movie's come out I mean I think Lock, Stock and Two Smoking Barrels came out the same year or maybe same year, I, same I year. 99 yeah okay I think so. and then Snatch came out yes and I mean similar kind of feels yes. like Lucky Number 11 Smoking Aces all that stuff yes. it was um very 
like cool vibe kind of yep. movie. And the, rewatching it, it's definitely what this movie was aiming at. Mm-hmm. And I agree. It's, yeah, definitely better things have come out since, and it does kind of come off as cheesy. Uh, one of the things... I feel like this movie could have been made in like 1989 and I would believe it. Okay. Um, It felt kind of eighties and what I meant by, I mean, just dated. Um, It doesn't, there's, there's all, there's a couple of things I do like. Um, I think the narrative, some of the narrative structure of it to where you see the aftermath first yeah. And you get the police investigating, trying to piece together what happened. That that kind of stuff I do like. Mm-hmm. Um, or at least it was it's interesting. Um, but yeah, it, a lot of it came off as cheesy, especially the writing. The writing yeah. felt like the most underdeveloped portion of it. The telling of the story and the violence and the sense of cool, I feel like, is something that he was thinking about more than the actual story. Yeah. Um, I agree with that. Yeah. Cause I mean the, that that's probably the only saving grace of the movie was the aftermath first. But then it, by the third time I was like, okay, I get it. Yeah. I was getting tired of it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You're, you're trying to replicate the Tarantino narrative mm-hmm. of starting at the end and then working away from the beginning. Yep. And, it just, it's just, it wasn't, it's not as good as that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the, I don't know, there's something about Willem Dafoe that he's a great actor, but it, it's, it, that character is so weird. He is. Um, something that I noticed, because I, I like his character. Um, I, I like the little things about his character. Like when they're, uh, they're investigating the, um, the hotel when he knock when they knock off all those Russian uh, mafia guys, mm-hmm. and he's like explaining the uh, the angle of the sh- shooting of the gun to where he like picks up the guy with his uh, yeah. hands and he has blood on his gloves and he touches his hair, and I mean obviously the camera makes a or the editing makes a huge point to where the other ones are noticing it, but I, I like that aspect of his character to where th- things like that don't bother him because this is what really gets him going. Um, his character overall, I feel like, is doesn't justify where he ends up in the movie. Like, there's mm-hmm. no character, there's very little character arcs for anybody in this film. It's all of a sudden they are all in. For yeah. Some reason. Notice that. Yeah. And um, uh, Paul Smecker, uh, Willem Dafoe's character, it, he he gets drunk. Yeah. Once he finds out that oh these two guys he had he met in passing investigating in a murder, he finds out oh they're killing all bad people and he makes some very large jump like leaps in logic to mm-hmm. think oh they're just going after bad guys and I agree with that. So and then he gets drunk, goes to a fake confession and uh, gets the idea oh yeah well I'm just I'm gonna help them. Now. I'm gonna help them now, and he helps them in the weirdest way. The possible, uh, yeah, the the cross dressing to infiltrate into the yes thing, the but because Willem Dafoe is an ugly, ugly woman, yes, and looks like a very old, yes. ugly woman. Um, yeah, it didn't really pass muster. I knew, I, I knew like. what he was trying to do. When I see cross dressers, 
they need to be attractive. Right. It needs to be believable. In sure. Movie. I would redo this movie yeah. in a heartbeat just to make sure that... No. The Crosschester's yes. yeah, attractive? Yes. Of course. Um, it, it didn't... I, I didn't understand his like yeah he found out it was um that they were gonna go to what Yakavetta's or yeah house Yakavetti crime family y- boss y- whatever his name was and um and he's like oh I, I I gotta go help them um yeah the weirdest way possible like that was his leap to logic yeah. as far oh I'll do this right. Because that 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 would have the highest success rate. That right, he's that, so logical throughout the whole movie and how he deconstructs a crime scene, and he's mm-hmm. supposed to be the smart guy. It it's just, I know what Troy Duffy was trying to do. He was trying to be like you know irreverent mm-hmm. and like God. Oh, this this is gonna. I'm so thinking out of the box. Yeah, like no one would think to film a scene like this. Yep, and but yeah, for his character, I like for him just to immediately like. I don't know, just throw everything away to, because there, there was no leading up to that. There was no progression of his character to kind of lead to that kind of conclusion. The other thing is, I don't think he would be allowed. I mean, maybe he would, I don't know anybody in the FBI, but the way he acts, like when he's deconstructing a crime scene, good. But then, like, towards the end, he starts to get more and more disheveled because he can't think of it. And then he's like, there was a fire fight. And he's, like, all sweaty and, like, just really losing it. Yeah. And really no one's it. like, oh, he's such a genius. Like, he's kind of he's kind of fucking psycho. Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, unless that was the point to where he's already kind of on that path. But I don't even think he was trying to say that in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just oh, let's have this character be cool and dramatic for the sake of being cool and dramatic. Right. Um, but. I don't know if they're like, hey, William, Willem, just go nuts. And that's what came out, or if that's what Troy Duffy wanted, I'm not sure. Well, I think it was probably a mix, because, I mean, there's some, I mean, there's been interviews and stuff like that to where they actually met when uh, Troy Duffy was pitching the movie to him, and then they would just drink and just talk about character development and like things that they could do. So I think yeah. it's probably a bit of both of them. Troy Duffy's probably in a position to where he's not confident enough to say no, especially yeah. after you get Willem Dafoe in your movie. Um, and not that all the bad ideas were Willem Dafoe's, but I think I, I, I would think performers would want to do as much as they can or something like that while tra- staying true to their character. Yeah. But, um, but also to have that leeway to do whatever the hell they want kind of thing. Yeah. Um, the other thing is, is there's no character arc for the, for the saints, Connor no. and, uh, I don't even know their names, but <laughs> it's Sean Patrick Flannery and Norman Reedus. And Norman Reedus. Yeah. It's, uh, Connor and Murphy. Yeah. Connor and Murphy. So, um, McManus. Yeah. They're, Rewatching this, their entire thought process or uh, belief in what they're doing, there's no, there's no gradual nothing. No, it's just they had oh, a vision in jail. They had a vision in jail, and they are now a hundred percent completely comfortable killing people. Yep. Just, just. It, it, they're supposed to be saints, like they're known in the neighborhood of yep. being the nicest guys in the world, yep. and but they have no qualms about just killing people, yep, being bad or otherwise, yep. Um, and there's nothing interesting there after they decide it's just, oh, 
got a pager number. All right, let's go. Let's go shoot all these guys. Yeah, don't even know what we're doing. And it's it feels like it's written by a 14-year-old. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's no introspective. There's no, um, I mean, and, and I want it, if it was just a strict action movie, I don't think I would complain as much. Not complain, but I guess pick it apart as much but it tries to there there's this moments in this movie that they 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 play the uh, orchestral soundtrack they try to make it seem epic and monumentous and meaningful and it, and it's not yeah and but they pair it up with these two bros that just have no they, they have no uh feeling or empathy towards anything like I mean, they're the way they're portrayed. Like if they're if it's that easy to do, I mean, they're they're sake trying to make them look cool is killing their character. Yeah, and and I think Troy Duffy is more concerned about them looking cool and being confident. And yeah, because this this feels very much like wish fulfillment. Mm-hmm. Um, which this uh, Troy Duffy has stated in interviews, he got this idea. He was living the apartment he was living in in L.A. He kept seeing like, uh, what did he say? He said drug dealers and people getting the shit kicked out of them and pimps. And he's like, and it just pissed him off. And he's like, he wished he, he wished he could uh, just get rid of the trash of the world or whatever. And that's what kind of inspired him to write this movie. And it, it, it does come off as that. It comes off as somebody with the mentality of a 14-year-old thinking that, oh, well, this is meaningful. This is cool, which it was when I first saw it. And when I saw it subsequent times within the span of four to five years that I really love this movie. But after being 15 years removed and living almost a whole life after the fact, I looked at it and I was like, this is, this is so dumb. Yeah. This is fucking stupid. Well, it's (laughs) like when you reflect on all the things you thought were cool back, Mm -hmm. back when you were younger and you were just a complete moron like everybody. Yeah. I mean, yeah, <laughs> but it, I mean, but seeing this, it's interesting just because I really like this movie a lot. Like I talked it up. I mean, a lot of people. Do. Yeah, of course. It, but it's just interesting because I think this is probably one of the first things. The very first thing was the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Um, watched all the time when uh-huh. I was I don't know, eight to whatever. Loved it. And I think I turned, like, I went to watch it, I was probably like 19 or maybe early 20s, and I was like, oh, I'll turn this on, and I, I couldn't finish it. Oh, you couldn't finish no, it? I, I just couldn't finish it. There's too many cowabungas and righteousness, and like, yeah. I think I made it like maybe five minutes into the movie, ten minutes into the movie. That's like, it? Uh, yeah, I was like, I can't watch this shit. <laughs> I actually just watched that with Liam. Did you? Like about well, see, ago. that would be different. You're watching yeah. it with your kid, uh, yeah. your kid, and then um, introducing him into that. But yeah, just by myself, like, yeah, I you're not going to. I was on. ten minutes in, and I was like, what "The fuck am I doing?" And then I found something else to gotcha. to watch. Yeah. Um, but that was the first instant instance of something that I really loved. Looking back on it, like, ugh, this is this is another one of those times because, and it's just fascinating. Because then you just kind of think to yourself, oh, how much I've changed or how much more I expect um, or the industry or the art form has changed to where you expect a lot more out of movies. And some movies are timeless, 
like Jaws or Butch Cassidy or The Graduate. Like mm-hmm. some of those older films you can watch and they still hold up. This this is not one of those movies. Yeah, I would agree. It's kind of, it starts off kind of weird too. It's a, it's a weird interesting musical introduction choice. Like when the credits roll, it's oh, like the, South the, Boston, and it's like this uplifting Irish. Yeah, the bagpipes and the bagpipes. It's it's got this like uh, 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 Goodwill Hunting sort mm-hmm. of orchestral arrangement to it. Yeah, and you know what's gonna follow. Mm-hmm. It's like this is just a weird. Why would you? I I don't know why you would start the movie off that way. I would I would the score is weird. Yeah, with the tone of the movie, it doesn't make any sense. And then the music choices for like the slow mo scenes where it's like this techno, yep. ravey, stupid horseshit that's music. Their, that, that's their band. Is it really? I think so. Yeah. That's that's terrible. Yeah. I turn it up loud and I'm like, Dude, "What is this fucking music? Mm-hmm. Jesus, it's so annoying." It's uh, it's to make it seem cool. Way too much slow mo, by the way. Overuse of slow mo. Overuse of slow mo. Too many. And, and I'm not sure if they were trying to pad it out. Or try to make it more meaningful. I think it was probably trying to make it more meaningful or yeah. have it, try to give it some more of an impact. Because, I mean, it's his first time directing a movie. It's mm-hmm. a feature-length thing. I don't think he's directed anything prior. Like a short film. Not right. Like, I don't, I, don't, I, I don't think he ever had that experience. So... I, I don't know if it's like more of the work of the editors to where, well, we have an 81 minute movie as is, or, uh, see, this is an emotional impact part of the film. It should be most like it should be, we should be getting the yeah. audience involved and maybe it just wasn't happening to where maybe they were thinking, well, slow it down and add different music. Maybe that'll kind of trick yeah. uh, people, but yeah. A lot of slow-mo, and, and it just fell off because those moments feel totally off from the rest of the movie because the rest of the movie is kind of almost like an not an action comedy, but just, I mean, it's just wish fulfillment. It's mm-hmm. um, being funny and, oh, nothing's really ever serious. It's all a gag and a goof. And then you have these slow motion scenes that are supposed to be like very dramatic and intense. And it just comes off as odd and uh, it's, it's off tonally, but it, it just doesn't, it doesn't lift it up high enough. And it, it just, it's trying to polish shit yep which i don't know if i would call this movie shit but it's it's not well done like you said before yeah yeah it's not no it's not shit it's just it just misses the mark Mm -hmm. definitely well i i think it's just an experience yeah and and i i think i know why it misses the mark so much it's because Connor and Murphy, I understand why they do things for each other. They're brothers. They have a deep bond. But Rocco, I feel like he was, he'd was he just be like a drinking buddy that, you know, you have a drink with, you have mm-hmm. a good time with, but would you let him in? Like, did the story earn and the way they set Rocco up, did he earn the right to join them in, in, in uh, killing people for righteous purposes? I don't think they would. He doesn't strike me as someone that they would trust enough to let let him in on mm-hmm. the whole thing. Yeah. They won't even it let him in on sense. the family prayer. 
Right. But they, but yeah, we could commit murder. I don't together. even think they would, it didn't feel like it's it, you know you have people that you drink with. Yeah. You wouldn't necessarily hang out with them if yeah. you were sober. Mm-hmm. I feel like Rocco would be somebody you would only hang out with when you're drinking, not when you're sober because yeah. you wouldn't want to yeah, be not, around him. He's yeah. too much. You're with your normal closer inner circle and you're like, uh, "Exactly. Yeah, I'm not going to invite him over because exactly. it's just like uh, like I, I need to be drunk to yeah. to be around him cuz he's yep. a little much." Mm-hmm. That's what that I realized that watching, like, that doesn't make sense. I don't think Yeah, he, he's, a, he's a wild card. He's yeah. a, he's a loose cannon. And yeah. And it and it's funny because they make exceptions for him with no I mean he gets their stuff when they're arrested and he keeps hanging out with them. Or he happens to show up at the bar. Other than that, there's like no establishing relationship between these yeah. three. Um and Maybe they grew up together, but he was like 45 or something like that when this movie came. Like, he was yeah. in his 40s, and Norman Reedus, Sean Pat- Patrick Flannery, they were all in their like early 30s, I think. Mm-hmm. And, but yeah, and I, I think he is in there just to be in there because apparently he was a childhood friend of Troy Duffy. Okay. That I, makes don't, sense. I don't know how they're childhood friends because the David Delarocco was uh, born in 53. Who plays Rocco? Troy Duffy was born in '72. At no point were they kids together. Yeah, <laughs> um, that's a good point. So I mean, maybe he was like a family friend or something like that, and he grew up knowing yeah. Rocco knew but, about him um, because I, he said like that part was written specifically for him. Which for a first time actor, he does pretty good delivering pretty good. the lines. I know some people that are funny in person or outgoing in person. As soon as you hit record on a camera, they just clam up and yeah. they, they can't talk anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, as far as those two, yeah, I don't, I don't think they would like, cause the entire time I'm watching it, like there's, there's a funny scene to where the strippers passed out yeah. and he like cops a feel or whatever. And then, uh, Connor Murphy responded like, "What the fuck are you doing?" Like just to <laughs> scare him, and I was like, "They they wouldn't have a problem with that." Yeah, like, oh, you can you can cop feels on an unconscious woman. Yeah, and yeah, that's fine. Oh, you you shot the owner of a deli uh, because he knew that you were, you were probably no. gonna die, and he yeah. didn't tell you because you see him every day. Uh, like, yeah. so you killed that innocent person just because he knew information after Ron Jeremy blew his mouth telling everybody in the diner and yeah. he just happened to be in earshot. Um, what'd you think? What'd you think of Ron Jeremy's performance? That <laughs> was, was spectacular. He's so gross. <laughs> He's such a gross guy. I, he's like a goblin. Yeah. I mean, he's the only, I have nothing to compare it to. Uh, yeah. The only other thing I've seen him in was orgasmo. Okay. Um, and, but other than that, I've, I've no, I think he's been in other movies. Yeah. Maybe. Um, as himself or something. I don't well, know. Well, either as himself or, um, well, I know he was a, as himself. I think he was in crank mm. because in crank, I think they had like a, a, a picket line for like the adult film yeah. union or something like that. And he was there in the, in the background. Yeah. I would have gotten, I would have casted somebody else. I mean, you could find somebody it's just a, yeah, I don't know why Minimum he wage picked actor. him other than the fact of, oh, he, I got Ron, Ron Jeremy, Jeremy, legendary porn guy in my movie kind of a thing. And he, he's not believable as an underboss for the Italian mafia. He's not really intimidating or anything. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, what are you um, gonna do? Uh, the but yeah, you're right. The 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 humor. If you think about it, they the humor. They always cut it with humor after they kill everybody. Mm-hmm. The first time when they're in the hotel room, yeah. they they fuck with Rocco and they try to make a joke out of that. Yep. And then when they're in the porn, the jizz thing, like he cops a feel and they make this like, like I'll, I'll tip her. Yeah. It's like. Why? Why insert that into that scene? I, yeah. It just it doesn't and, make any sense. Yeah, because if if you're wanting it to be, I mean, it's not. I I feel like he if he initially wrote this because he wanted to say something, or have kind of a cool concept, but there's no realism there for the characters. It's they just they just murdered nine people in a hotel room, and then they're cracking jokes about yeah they gotta shoot the guy over for ten fucking minutes over the couch and. Um, there's no, there's no struggle. There's no, there's nothing there. It's like, oh, we got to kill these people. Now we kill these people. Now we kill these people. Up, oh, we're caught. Yep. Up, oh, Rocco's dead. Oh, there's our daddy. And then they present themselves in a courtroom. Like it doesn't. I mean, there's there's just nothing there. And, yeah. Um, do you think they he was trying to make the Duke like the big reveal as, as their dad is like a surprise or like you know what I mean like a like as a twist like a tw- like look at that twist look at that twist I wrote in the screenplay which by the way when they introduce him I thought of Con Air immediately you know when they're introducing all the inmates it's like move them <laughs> yeah he's killed thirty people across fifty states his he's name ma- <laughs> he's masturbated fifty horses with two hands at one time um. Give yeah. him his own cage. Yeah. And. <laughs> but it's Billy Connolly. He's a stand-up comedian. As, yeah, I know. He's actually really good. Have you seen his stand-up? I have not, no. It's pretty, it's pretty good. Um, But I. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I feel like he. I don't know how. Because there was buzz about this script. Um, I don't know if he. I don't think. I don't know if he had it hand in really picking anybody yeah. i feel like it was kind of who can i get yeah because uh mark Wahlberg was up for like he he really wanted to get um i think mark Wahlberg was going to be in it and then he declined because he went to do boogie nights good call and great movie the uh, and um obi-wan god bless it what's his name ewan mcgregor oh yeah um he was trying. He tried to get Ewan McGregor, uh, and they were talking about it because there was still, I mean, good uh, vibes with the script. He did Star Wars instead. No, uh, they got in a dis- uh, disagreement over capital punishment, and um, that's what the movie's about. A little bit. Well, <laughs> <laughs> kind of. But um, they got in a disagreement over capital punishment, and Ewan McGregor was just like, "No, I'm not going to work." guy so at least that's the story they could have been they apparently went out drinking maybe they didn't get along or they got in a right. pissing match and you and mcgregor was like no i'm not gonna work right. with this guy um yep but uh regardless i don't know how much i mean i'm sure there was a couple people that heard about it in town and probably wanted to be in the movie and maybe that's why they they did it um but as far as i, I don't feel like it was a thing of oh i want billy Connolly in this Right, he needs to be the yeah, um, the father, and I just don't think he had that pull at that yeah. time. Um, it happened so quick, though, like so quick. They do the father's prayer or whatever, mm-hmm. and, and then like, oh, it's dad. 
mm-hmm. and then immediately the next scene they're in the courtroom. It just it, just a little rushed. It's didn't yeah. earn it, and they didn't. I'm surprised they didn't recognize them when they're shooting, shooting bullets at, at each other. Yeah, which yeah, you haven't seen somebody in like 15 years or 20 years or whatever how long he's been in prison so they were probably like 10 last time they saw him i guess that's believable but at the same time there's there's been instances to where i haven't seen somebody for about 15 years and i see them in a distance and i could tell it's them yeah um and it's not just because oh they look similar it's their posture, their mm-hmm. gait. There's so many things that we subconsciously do to recognize another person. Um, and uh, yeah, the, the fact that they were standing 30 feet from each other firing guns and they just didn't recognize each other. Yeah. Um, now, the father not recognizing the uh, his kids, sure. But the kids not recognizing his father, um, unless they never saw him with a beard or whatever. I mean, yep. you know, so that, but that's a tiny <laughs> a tiny thing with this movie but um, very tiny but yeah uh, the thing with their father happened quick everything it just happened quick and i think it does. it's um yeah eh, eh. i i there are some things that i do like um i like smacker and greenley so willem defoe character and the guy who always goes to make it coffee or oh yeah or whatever i like that bit back and forth um, of course you do you love when people get shit on for I, being I morons I, I, <laughs> I love people being made fun of for their stupidity <laughs> the um i i like th- those two and in- th- those interactions um and i think they probably could have done maybe just with one other detective yeah and that would have been it like yeah. you that you didn't need to have three detectives there um but uh uh I think just having two there and then just having Smecker kind of guiding them. Uh, I think Smecker being they, if they had him less dramatic, all like the whole, like just the over the topness, I think would have been better for it. Like, I feel like it would have been really good if he was just like cold and calculating and actually, I mean, they had a little bit of him teaching the other detectives, but I feel like, um, it would have been better for Smecker's character if he was just a little bit more grounded. Yeah. Um, I did like the instance when they go to the hitman's house and Smecker's kind of narrating along it and he's just in the shot with them kind of yeah, describing that, that's what's good. happening. I like that cool. portion that, that I feel like is probably the thing he thought about the most Yeah. as far as um, the movie goes, because that yeah. felt very well thought out. Um, it, it, but there's still some cheesy shit in there to where they're all firing guns and yeah, the yeah. camera slightly pans and then Willem Dafoe's using his fingers. And, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, that's just cheesy, but, um, which that's I, how you shoot guns. Yes. Just <laughs> boom. Um, uh, small thing. And this is in context to the story since you assume that El Duce, El Duce, the father, had the same vision from God mm-hmm. to uh, remove the world of the filth. Um, I like the small... I mean, it's... I'm sure other people pick up... I, I like how they can't kill each other because they're both protected by God. 
and that that's the bit I got from the scene is because first I remember the first time I watched it, um, I was like, what the fuck? Really? Like they've been, they've just been perfect. Yeah. Perfect kills every time. And then they meet some guy with six guns, 40 feet in the street and they're firing all these bullets and no one can kill each other. Nope. Um, now if Rocco died during that instance, I think it would have made it better. But after I learned that he was the father, I was like, Oh, okay. That makes sense. They're both protected by God that there's no way those three could have killed each other. So you, you would have to assume that the hand of God is coming down and just like brushing shit away. The, the yeah. worst that they could do is like, uh, grazings on the thigh and arm or whatever, right. whatever they got hit. Um, the finger, Rocco's finger. Yeah. Um, the, and so that's that's one small thing that I like. The other thing is for a first time director and writer and also they composed it. I know you're not a fan of the music. Neither am I. But I think handling all three of those things for the first time, the result I, I would say is pretty decent. Mm-hmm. For a first-time director, especially you have Willem Dafoe in your movie. I mean, yeah, it's. An, I mean, you have uh, Billy Connolly. You have. I mean, Norman Reedus and uh, Sean Patrick Flannery weren't like aren't as big. Sean or Norman Reedus wasn't as big then that he is now. Mm-hmm. But Sean Patrick Flannery was somebody of note. Norman Reedus had been in a couple of things, so you're getting. It's not like you're getting like a bunch of nobodies to be in your movie. Yeah. Um, you're getting some decent names in your film and to be able to direct them and kind of, and some semblance keep it together enough to have a coherent movie, I think was pretty good. Yeah. Um, but I, I, th- I like the chemistry between uh, Norman Reedus and Sean Pat- Patrick Flannery. I, I bought that they were brothers. So, um, I mean that, no, I like, yeah, that was good. I mean, I like I, I like I like the bartender, the Irish bartender oh, at, with Tourette's. Fuck. Yeah, that made me laugh. Yeah, <laughs> just because that's that's somebody that's just off the streets, right? That's not an actor, is it? No, it's an actor. Is it really? Yeah. Oh, he did pretty good. Um. And. Yeah, and the, and the whole uh, I don't know. Yeah, it just felt it feels like very dated, just with the whole Tourette's thing. Like, oh, I can't just have a bartender in here. No. That mixes up. Gotta be quirky. Yeah, mixes up uh, phrases because that in and of itself would be funny if yeah. you just have some bartender that doesn't know um, the colloquialisms of whatever yep. the, the idioms or whatever he's trying to say. Um, but oh no, he's got to have Tourette's because Tourette's is funny. Well, it is funny. Yeah. <laughs> disabilities. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, but you know what I'm saying. It's, it's a like, harmless disability. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's. <laughs> But you know what I'm saying? It's like that. It's that added thing in here. Oh, I know. it would be funny. What if? Oh, oh, what if he shits his pants? It would be hilarious. <laughs> what if he farted, but instead of the fart, shit came out? Yeah. What if the stripper passes out and then her titty pops out? Yeah. And then you grab it and then he catches him. Like, what are you doing? That would be funny. <laughs> Have you ever seen that skit? Uh, on SNL where they interview the writers of Game of Thrones and it's uh, 
it's Andy Samberg, and, it's, and you know they got a uh, they got Sean Bean mm-hmm. and uh, the cast, and they're a part of this skit. And it goes to the writer, and it's Andy Samberg. It's like a thirteen year old with like acne. He's like, <laughs> yeah, I thought. <laughs> <laughs> and then you see her boobies. You see her boobs, and they're naked, and they're having sex. <laughs> it's hilarious, man. Uh, have you ever <sighs> have you ever seen extras? Yes, <laughs> the Patrick Stewart episode. I haven't seen that one. No. Oh God, that's probably my favorite one. Like, just look up the Patrick Stewart scene. He's like trying to pitch a a movie to um, Ricky Gervais's character, and and he's like, yeah. So I play the main guy, and so I walk in, but she's changing, and she drops her her shirt, but it's too late because life's seen everything but like that was his punch like he every every movie idea he was pitching it was him walking in on someone or someone just happenedly <laughs> being naked he's like but it's too late i've seen everything and then we fuck <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, uh i recommended that episode but <laughs> i'm gonna go watch that now um yeah i mean it's Yep. It, it was, yeah. I mean, I, I don't think the, the only way this movie could have worked, uh, I think it was like being in the late 90s. Yep. And then late 90s, early 2000s, mid 2000s. And honestly, if you had to be in middle school to college to really get it. And yep. I think that's that was the demographic that kind of boosted up in popularity. Yep. Um, and because I, I, I do think it's it's very weak as far as the point of view of this movie or the the uh, the reasoning um, of doing what they're doing, because it's just a very superficial way of looking at how the world works um, to where not that, oh, mafias deserve better or something like that, but it's just more of... Um, Oh, it'd be just, it, it's that easy for a human just to go out and kill people, especially if they've been good their entire lives to be able to just switch that thing because, well, God told me to, so I'm going to, yep. I mean, unless it was trying to make some other statement as far as, um, like the, um, I, I guess the, the potential danger of, uh, believing in a religion that much or the potential, dangers of unchecked mental illness not getting true but it's not that it's them trying to be cool like everything in here is put in there to try and be either cool or funny yep or try to be more meaningful than what it is yeah and without any kind of thinking past the surface level it it doesn't work and because when you start looking at things and start picking it apart it's just i mean yeah they should have they should have experienced a tragedy yes to push them into vigilanteism because it, honestly if you're that religious you know the goal of it is not to kill people mm-hmm. and the only way that you would push yourself into doing something like that is if tragedy happened to you yeah so it, they, they could have done something like that yeah it would have been a lot more interesting if they had a struggle to where yeah. They get the vision from God, but they don't want to do it. Right. And then they have to struggle with that. And then they see the, they would have to then see the effects of 
maybe there was a thing that they were called to do. They chose not to do it. And then something worse even happened exactly. because they didn't. Yeah. Then, but there was none of that. It was just um, the only thing you get beforehand is they get taken out in the back alley because to be killed because they were in a bar fight the night before. They're like, oh, it's just a bar fight. You guys are fucking pussies. And I'm like, no, like they went to the hospital because they had lacerations on their skull because you smashed wine bottles and the dude's ass was burnt because you poured liquor on his ass and set it on fire. Yeah. Like that's attempted murder. And it's not like, oh, boys will be boys. And and, and they work for the Russian mob. Yeah. You fucking moron. Yeah. <laughs> what you think was going to happen. And I don't know. But yeah, just like some of the lines in there like, ah. Uh, and uh, and go back to your point about things are in here just for it to be cool and, irre- and irreverent. Like where they live, it's like it's like a it's like a fucking janitor's closet. Yeah, it's like it's such squalor that yeah, it, well, places a, like that don't even exist. It's, well, it's an illegal uh, illegal slum thing. It, yeah. but it's I know. Yeah, it's it, so they work in a meatpacking plant. What the fuck are they doing with all their money? <laughs> exactly. What when are they, they don't have to pay rent, I was like, what are they spending it on? Like just getting drunk every day? Again, the thinking of yes, oh. This is cool. Like yeah. it's it's written by somebody who's never gotten past the age. I feel like of mentally twenty five. Yeah, at the upper like most, and um, and I know some people still think the way they did in high school. Fine, I'm looking right at him. You are, and <laughs> but you could just tell that either he didn't think enough while writing this or he just hasn't he hadn't experienced enough life yet to offer anything more to the story other than oh it'd be cool if we put it in here and yeah i mean it's like you remember in donnie darko when they're walking uh jenna malone's character and you had the guy from Oh, he was Phantom Planet or something, or some uh, some band, and then you had Joe, uh, not Joe Rogan, Seth Rogan. Yeah, uh, is, yeah. He's like, um, you have the one guy who's like trying to like sweet talk or whatever, and then the other guy's like, I like your boobs. Like it's like that guy wrote this movie kind of thing. <laughs> it's just like doesn't really think any further, and it's not that he's stupid. It's just I don't. I just I don't know. I, I'm I'm not trying to insult him. It's just more of it. It it screams of immaturity. There's not layers. Yeah, it's Which just is fine. It's just yeah. Listen, you just you just don't got layers in your writing, bro. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. You know, people like the Transformers movies. That's fine. Yeah, that's but, fine. But the Transformers movies are a lot more well done than <laughs> the Boondock Saints. <laughs> I just meant from a layer perspective. Yeah, no, There's I not much it, there. Yeah. Um. And Which that's is the thing. fine. That's fine. But I'm trying to remember because I think I showed this movie to my parents, and I was trying to think of who else I had showed it to that may have been older. But I, I could imagine my parents watching this and be like, "This is the stupidest fucking." Oh, my dad! My dad would hate it. Yeah, for sure. And, um, but it's just funny. It, it's just interesting surpassing that stage but then like being exposed to something from your younger self that yeah is like 
oh, I really like this. Like, what the fuck was wrong with me? Exactly. Like, what did I like? And it's and it's funny because you can't connect to it in the same way that you know you did. And but then you start searching like, why did I think this was so cool? Be, and, but it's hard to do that because you're just not that person anymore. Yeah. And there's like, I mean, that same that old saying of, oh, people don't change. Oh, fuck. Yeah, they do. Yeah. And um, well, and it's, I think it's, it's like instances like this is like perfect proof of that. Well, it's but, similar to like, why did I wear what I used to wear? Mm-hmm. You know, back in the eighties when they wore the, the the shitty jackets with like the jean ties and like the shoulder pads and yeah, you know when we were growing up, Jinko jeans yep. were they were baggy as hell and yeah, you had the chain wallet. Yep. Why would we do that? I don't even remember. It was cool at the time. Yeah. No rhyme or reason. Looks fucking <laughs> fucking stupid. <laughs> I know. It's real dumb. Uh, which our parents probably warned us of that. They were. Yeah, I like, probably heard that a thousand oh, yeah. times. It looks dumb. Like, ah, you just don't know what cool yeah, is. Old, no, old, they were right. <laughs> absolutely right. It's like they had wisdom or something. Yeah. <laughs> well, they went through the 70s, so they, they saw horrible fashion. But, oh, yeah, they sure did. Um, yeah, yeah, so here here's some uh, stats for you. Um, Boondock Saints, IMDb, 7.7. Which is pretty high. That's that's <laughs> all the leg. How many how many uh, votes? You can see the number on there. Uh, give me a second. Here. One thousand. Wait, no, that's not right. Two hundred and forty-four thousand. Yeah. That yeah. is two hundred thousand <laughs> millennials. Yeah. Right when IMDb came out. That's very true. You like you like to bring that point up. You're very right. You're very <laughs> we, right. We ruined IMDb for at least a generation. You definitely weighted the score over. <laughs> you graded on a curve. But if you go to Rotten Tomatoes, twenty seven percent from critics, ninety one percent audience score. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that was damn. And that was the thing because after I watched this re- or after I watched this a couple days ago, I was I was having those feelings. So I was like, man, this is just very surface level this is very basic this is there's no thought really that was put into like the the reasoning behind it or the world that they're in and um and i did what i try not to do before i record these i went up and looked up the original reviews when this movie came out and they were saying the same shit same shit all of them were saying the same thing um but they were also all film critics that were adults at the time. Right. And, I mean, of course, you're not going to be able to argue with a 15-year-old no. that thinks this is the coolest thing in the world. No. Like, ah, critics are wrong. We're like, eh. It's like, or they're just older or have just a older. perspective. So, yeah. Um, Here's the consensus. A juvenile, ugly movie that represents the worst tendencies of directors channeling Tarantino. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. I mean, you... Uh, Troy Duffy even came out and said that I mean Tarantino was a huge influence on him. Oh, of course, um, he influenced like everybody. Yeah, him and Martin Scorsese, and I was like, well, obviously. So yep. Um, but you know what? Another movie that came out when we were in college that if I rewatched it again, I haven't seen it since. Would probably not be as good as I remember. Have you ever seen Green Street Hooligans? Yes. <laughs> I remember loving that movie. I, I haven't seen it in forever. My buddy. Uh, Wayne recommended that movie to me. Mm-hmm. This was, I didn't see it until like the late 2000s. So, okay. 
was probably 2000. Oh no, it was like early. So it was probably 2011, maybe. Wow. Um, that I didn't see it, and he's like, "Oh, it's awesome. You love it." Blah blah blah. Watch it, and I'm like, "This is fucking." I I didn't like it then. Yeah, and I think I was already past that. Point. You're past that, and you, you had you reached your uh, Boondock Saints inflection point, <laughs> possibly. And, I mean, I because it was a lot of I don't remember much from it. Uh huh. Other than it just had a bunch of people fucking fighting because yeah. uh, soccer, soccer. And, oh, baby. sorry, football, and there wasn't. I mean, I think they tried to throw some story in there, but it like that was the main draw. It's like, oh, you know, fan, people fighting because they support different teams, which I think is the dumbest fucking thing in the world to fight over. It's the best thing to fight over. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> my billionaire's team is better than your billionaire's team. Um, but, yeah, I don't think you'd probably enjoy it. Um, yeah, probably not. Uh I don't know why I thought of that. No. Well, I mean, it's the same kind of air. Like, there was just like a 10-year period to where it's just weird stuff. Not weird, but just... <clears throat> it, was, it was like a second resurgence for independent movies. Um, or you had all the people that watched Tarantino and Robert Rodriguez and Richard Linkletter that grew up watching that, thinking, oh, I want, I want to do that. And I think it was like that first new phase of... Um, trying to copy Tarantino, trying to yeah. copy Guy Ritchie, trying to just make that that cool movie that everyone quotes. And um, they try to piece it together with cool imagery, cool quotes. Yeah. Um, but if you're if you're going to do something like this, you have to just go balls to the wall wild. Like I'm thinking bullet train or have you ever seen Running Scared with Paul Walker? Yeah. Nope. That movie's awesome because mm-hmm. it knows what it is and it just it just goes for it. It's just wild. Yeah. Like that's what this needed to do. It was trying to be like serious and funny, but not but just stylized and mm-hmm. it just didn't it didn't if you're gonna be stylized, just be stylized. Just do the whole thing crazy. Have it crazy. It's just it just yeah. didn't get there. Yeah. And <sighs> Or smoking aces. And smoking yeah. aces knows what it is. It's just just goes for it. Mm-hmm. Hmm. But yeah, so it didn't go for it. It's trying it, to be serious. Yeah, it was. Tr- it was trying to be too many things, yeah. and um, and it was trying to be profound, and it absolutely isn't. Especially like the, Dude, the interview they, portion at the end when they're just interviewing people on the street. And like, oh no, don't tell. Oh, I was like, what the fuck is do, this doing in here? Dude, the last scene is so cheesy. Oh, the courtroom. Yes. Yeah. And the circling cameras made me nauseous. I was like, stop doing that sweeping 90-degree swoop shot. Yeah. it's Jesus. Oh, and then they had the the red-haired lady that was in, like, a white gown with a red shawl and red hair. And they're like, oh, you have to look at this, sweetie. You have to watch this. Yeah, let's traumatize yeah, so let's do this that. woman. That, that's what we need. That makes sense. And, uh, yeah, you guys are saints. The... Uh, um, and then saints. She, she runs out, and then she, like, runs out. Oh, yes, I was there. And it <laughs> just comes off as douchey. At it's some very point. douchey. Yeah, that um, scene's douchey. But yeah, in nombre de patria, it fili. Espíritu Santo. I say my fault for the my Oh man, that is so badass. <laughs> yeah, say it again. Yeah. Anyway. But 
I get I get why people might still like it too. I mean, I'm sure it yeah, will still it, play well for 15 and 22 year olds. And I'm that's sure. the thing. Like, I think if you're yeah, 15 to college, I mean, although co- college, I don't know. Um, I. I don't know. I feel like you feel like college sensibilities have changed no, in the past twenty years. No, I think more so that they've been exposed to more movies than we did at that age. Okay. So because we were that age, it we had the video store, mm-hmm. and um, like there was some kind of journey, or you had to buy movies, but there was always some kind of journey to go to get something to watch. Um, granted, you had cable television, but it was a very curated selection is what you were exposed to um because in college is when i saw more different kinds of movies than i ever had because people either owned them they bootlegged them or um but other people were aware of them to where you were out of your inner circle and you were exposed to more things now i think with the internet and i mean the internet was still pretty young back then too so it's not like we didn't have streaming or anything so that's that's the only way reason why i say oh maybe college not so much just because by <clears> the time they're at that point they've had netflix they've had um all these streaming services youtube um all that i feel like just people those age had have probably been exposed to more movies by that point than what we would have okay um, but that would be the only reason, not, not that their sensibilities or the maturity level has changed. Now, some of their sensibilities may have changed, um, just because, I mean, or maybe they just don't find it as funny. Although I think some of the things people would find funny, um, just because funny is funny. But, yeah. Um, but you get what I'm saying? I get what you're saying. Okay. I still think they'd like it. Probably. Oh, I'm sure there's people in college yeah. that yeah, would like it. The, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. 15 to, well, 13 to 22. Yeah. That's like the sweet spot. I think, mm. yeah, after that, then you grow out of it. Yeah, Hopefully. You, <laughs> you get some kind of... How would you feel view. if someone was like, have you ever seen Boondock Saints? Honestly. <laughs> Isn't it like the best movie you've ever... And I don't want to say this because... You've ever seen? It's, it sounds so fucking judgy and douchey, but... I think if a forty-year-old guy came up to me, is like raving about Boondock Saints, I'd I'd just probably just walk away. How um, awkward to be like just raving about it. It wouldn't be awkward for me because I'd probably just walk away. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, because you you would get and you would understand where that person is in their life or the mentality that they have, sure. or the fact that they still think something like this happening would be, and maybe maybe we're just old and grumpy or too sensitive or whatever but i i just have so many questions when i watch this movie yeah. that i was like that's not right well the, the motivation's right off like i don't it's not believable because i don't think that, that they would just happen someone would have to be pushed over the edge i could see it happening mm-hmm. if someone was pushed over the edge and they had like a real motivation yeah like something that but then it would be them a different kind of movie it would be yeah how society can turn somebody into a monster. Right. You, you would have like the, the, the Joker, it's like the movie Joker yeah. or Taxi Driver or whatever. I mean, you'd have that kind of a movie. Um, but yeah, because that makes sense. Because I mean, I watched John Wick, like the first yeah. one, and I'm like, yeah, fucking killer. Fucking killed your dog. <laughs> Fuck him. 
fucking cool. Well, that's an example of a movie that just goes for it. Yeah. It knows it what it is. knows what it is, but they set it up properly to where the audience yeah. is on the side of John Wick, to where this, it's, they make fun of a lesbian at their fish packing plant, and they get in a bar fight standing up for a bar owner friend because a Russian mob came in like that. That's all you fo- Oh, and they pray and kiss the feet of a statue during the middle of mass. Um, like that, that interrupting mass, by the way. Yeah. Ass very distracting. Yeah. It's like, really? Like he's giving us, he's giving the sermon. I know. Like set like, the, set the like fuck down. You gotta down. kiss the fucking, you gotta kiss the statue that was probably made in China. You gotta, you right. gotta kiss that shit. To, right. Well, cause you gotta leave, you know, you could have made the hour before mass. Yeah. Came early, so you didn't have to get up in the middle of my sermon. Mm-hmm. If you had to be on time somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> but but the fact that they accept it because they're always there. The, yes. Oh, they're, oh nobody yeah, believes into it because, you know, they're cool. Yes. It's just. Yeah. Pretentious. <laughs> um, but, yeah. Is yeah. is the Boondock Saints really that good? No, it's not. I. Yeah, it's. It's not. I, I think it is a I think it is a decent movie for a first time writer director. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um Yeah. And I think there's some nuggets in here. I mean, there's one funny quote that yeah. I, the, it's that you the, just love. Yeah. What color is it, bitch? Like <laughs> oh, shut well, your, what color is it? Bitch. Shut your fat ass, Raby. Um <laughs> So there, I mean, there are some funny parts in it. I do like Smecker and Greenlee, uh, them ba- they're back and forth, um, and then there's a couple of narrative things that are interesting. Um, but if it's 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 nothing more than surface level, yeah, and um, doesn't really say anything. But it was cool back in the '90s. It was it was a fun bonding thing like if you found someone else that also loved the movie then it gave you something to talk about yep. at college or parties or whatever but it's uh i appreciate it now because it it showed me how much i've changed for the better jay god i hope so <laughs> it's debatable <laughs> <laughs> so yeah uh, i would agree with you i i it is overrated <clears throat> Yep. Not as good as what everyone, at least in the past, has said. I don't even know if it still has a huge following or not. I'm sure it does. Um, yeah. I think Donnie Darko's another one we'll probably have to revisit. Okay. I haven't that's, seen that one in a while. That's another one that I liked a lot. Um, soundtrack, oh, boy. Soundtrack is fucking banging. Oh, I know. Uh, you love oh. that. You love the synth. <sighs> well, the synth, and then you got all the 80s. The 80s stuff, yeah. Uh, yeah, tear, Tears for Fears. And, yeah. yeah. So... Um, well, anything else on? Nope, I'm good. All righty. Um, well, join us next time. Oh, actually, before we do that, sorry, because uh, I'm a professional here. Uh, what do you think about Boondock Saints? Are you guys still a fan of it? Let us know. Let us know in the comments. Seriously, if you're a fan of it and you're older than 25, we, we're not going to make fun of you. No. We're, we're interested. Like, let us know why you still like it. Is it more of a nostalgia thing? Is it like a comfort food thing? Like, does it work? for something like that for you yeah um or if you're young and you like it let us know in the comments we and understand. tell us we're we're old fucks with gray balls that don't know what the fuck we're talking about because we don't know what cool is anymore it's all good i really don't uh but yeah let us know on our website castanoname.com or let us know in the comments on youtube so um 
all that good stuff. But uh, join us next time as we talk about two movies. Hmm. The Dentist franchise, Extraction 1 and Extraction 2. Hmm. Third movie's coming out. It's called The Root Canal. Jeez, your jokes just uh, fucking god age so well. (laughs) Fucking money. Dad jokes. (laughs) But yeah, join us next time. We'll talk about the Netflix action films Extraction and Extraction 2. So until next time, Pat. Until next time, Jay.